Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? I thought today that I would record um, a little sort of things that I'm noticing with my students in the Mediumship Matters School responses podcast type thing. So I've been recording little videos um, for all of my students on the school because that's what the basis of the work with the school is. And um just giving them tips and information about things that I think will be helpful for them on their journey as they're learning to unfold. And then I thought, well, actually, wouldn't this be incredibly helpful for everyone to hear on the podcast too? So uh, if you're on the school, you're probably going to hear this information twice. But as you will see, I think it's important. It's important to really think about this stuff and sitting with it. So I'm going to go through some of the things that come up that I see as a teacher with students on a regular basis. And the first thing is tiredness. Now, there is a line with tiredness where um, 
there's a bit of pushing through that needs to happen, but not a ridiculous amount. And I will explain what I mean. There is a line where if you are a little bit tired, feeling a little bit out of sorts, a little bit like you're not sure you've got it in you to work, we're actually turning up to a practice session will be incredibly beneficial and it will be incredibly beneficial for two reasons. Number one, the spiritual journey, as we know, is all about resistance. So it's about overcoming your own resistance to your own power. Hard, isn't it? But also there seems to be, in my own experience, this thing that happens when I'm a little bit tired, not when I've destroyed myself with my Capricorn tendencies overworking and I'm flatlining, um, but actually when um, I'm a little bit tired and I think, oh, I don't know if I've got it in me tonight. When I step out in front of an audience or when I go to work, not only does it prove what I'm actually capable of, but it also is better. My mediumship can sometimes be better if I'm a little bit tired. And I think that that leans into the resistance because when you're a little bit tired, you almost give yourself an excuse to not be as good as you'd like to be because you're tired. You almost are too tired to care whether you're good or not, which is absolutely the surrender state you need for mediumship. When people talk about surrender in mediumship, it's no attachment to the outcome. As you have heard me say many times, I don't think that's possible. Who has no attachment to whether their mediumship is good or not? Nobody. Everybody wants to do a good job for their sitter and for themselves. But there is a line where you think, oh, well, I'm tired tonight. Blow it. I'll just say what I've got. And strangely enough, that can sometimes make your mediumship better. So all these people that message me and say, oh, I've had a busy day at work tonight, Hannah. I just don't think I can... I can come. Oh, Hannah, you know, I haven't had dinner. I don't think I can turn up. I always want to say to them, do it. Come. Push through. Be a part of it. Don't let it stop you because there'll be growth in it when you realise what you're capable of. And actually, you might surprise yourself with how damn good you are when you've got out the way and let it happen. It's such a... um, frustrating thing when you can see people limiting their own potential but equally as a teacher you know you've got to let them limit their own potential so they learn to rise it's not something I can do for you I can't come to your house and push you into the zoom room and make you do the learning I have to let you come to that under your own fruition so that's my first thing Don't allow that voice in your head that tells you you need to be in an optimum state to work, to rule. You do need to be in a good headspace. So if you've had an incredibly stressful day, it might not be the time to work. It depends how good you are with clearing your own slate. Um, So there's always a balance and I can't, I wish I could give you guys just this set of instructions that would give you a tick box to follow you have to find it within yourself there are times when I have worked when I know that I shouldn't have and my results have suffered there have been times when I've been nervous about work because I know that I've been tired and then I've stepped into my power felt spirit step forward and I've been absolutely amazing and so you've got to kind of try and find that sweet spot that we're always seeking um, of when you should be working and when you shouldn't so if you're 
deeply worried, you know, your dog's been taken to the vets, your mum's in hospital, your son's crashed your car, maybe that isn't the time to turn up to your practice group. But if it's the day-to-day humdrum stuff, then that's absolutely when you should be pushing through and you should be digging deep and you should be facing your own resistance and making it happen. And that is something I think that we all struggle with but have to face as part of our mediumship journey. We all want spirit to make it happen for us and they don't. They make it harder, I think, to build that resilience and trust in you. Okay, so the next thing that I hear an awful lot is students saying they are not experienced enough to practice. Um, And they dress it up in lots of different ways, not often that direct, but this is something that you have to overcome in your own spiritual journey. Because until you allow yourself to be a student, until you allow yourself to be developing and not have all the answers and to get it wrong sometimes, you won't ever develop. You have to practice to develop. And yet a lot of people don't feel that they are ready to go into a practice room and have a practice. And so therefore we get stuck. (laughs) We get stuck waiting to feel ready, but we won't be ready until we take that leap. And it just spins in an ever, ever spinning circle round and round and round until they're unfortunate enough to sign up with a teacher like me who just forces them into a practice room regardless of whether they've got five years spiritual development or none (laughs) and makes them do it and then they realize that they can so if you are developing and you are given opportunities to practice take them And try not to take them and go into a Zoom room and instantly say, I'm not very good at this. I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. Because all you are doing is telling your energy how it's going to be. Every word you speak is a manifestation in your energy. So what you have to do is force yourself to be positive to believe you can do it and speak about yourself as if you believe you can do it. So you could say, for example, I've never done this before, but I'm excited to give it a go, which still lets your sitter know where you're at. But it doesn't have to be, oh, God, I've no idea what I'm doing. This is going to be awful. So just be mindful of the language you use about yourself and the way that you talk about your own mediumship, because it's it's important. It's important to think about that. And it's important, again, you'll hear a theme in this episode, to push through your own resistance of, I am not ready, I cannot do this. And you will face that resistance again and again and again. And you have to push through it because that is where the key is. The key is in that I don't think I can do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is not in that voice that tells you you can't do it being silent. That voice is still there and present for me after all this time. It will be with you forever. So you have to learn to mute it and carry on regardless. So you're never going to get the experience unless you allow yourself to practice. And it's very important as well to think about sitters, because I think especially in mediumship, um, we kind of we get tied up in 
is this going to be the person that that they want to hear from is this the message that they're looking for is this what they need and in a practice scenario that's not what it's about so if you look at the need in a practice sitting in a practice sitting the need is with the medium who is developing it is the experience that they need to have for their development it is not about fulfilling the need in the sitter now that might happen as a byproduct of it but it's not going to happen that's not what it's for it's not there this isn't somebody who's booked and paid for a reading this is somebody who is holding a space for you to practice so that you will hold a space for them to practice it's very different and a great example of that is when I was a teenager a girl in my year um, very sadly and very tragically got um, hit by a car uh, after a house party we were at and killed and no one really knows as far as I know um, what she was doing on the road she was hit on how she got there anything like that now I'm aware that this girl died but she wasn't in my close circle of friends she was always a friend of a friend and I know it sounds hard but her passing was tragic but it, it wasn't devastating to me it didn't impact my life in any way in the spirit world, I've got two sets of grandparents. I've got an aunt. I've got a student who I would really love to hear from. Debbie, I know you're listening. Come on, girl. Really want to hear from you. Um, I've got various other people that I know in spirit who I, as a sitter, would expect to hear from and indeed would like to hear from. But when, as a teacher, people bring in spirits, they more often than not bring in that girl that I knew when I was a teenager, whose surname I don't even know. I only know her first name. Because she's a great practice spirit for people. She died in extraordinary circumstances. She um, was young. She brings in friend energy. So this gives the practicing medium a lot of new experiences. So that's the value of it. And I'm not going to lie, the first time she came in, I was like, who the heck is this? Um, but now she's been in several times and I get it. And I get what that's for. So it's really important when you are going on your practice journey, which you have to do. There's, there's no way you can develop a mediumship without practice. <laughs> doesn't happen. Um, the only way you're going to get through that is remembering that the spirits that come in, the information you are perceiving and receiving is also being orchestrated by spirit for the need in you as the medium and not the need in the sitter. And so therefore, if you don't allow yourself to practice, you don't get the experiences you need for your development. The next thing that comes up a lot is overcoming nerves. And I really, really, really wish that there was some magical formula that I could give you guys to help you overcome the nerves. But there isn't. And I have just had my second anniversary of demonstrating alone. Um, so it's only been two years, but I have pushed myself hard in that two years 
doing, I think on average, three demonstrations a month. So that's, that's a lot of dems that I've done. And it has only been in the last few months that the nerves don't have quite such a hold on me. I don't hear my voice being a bit like this as I start demonstrating because my heart is beating so fast and I'm physically shaking. The nerves haven't completely gone, but they certainly have lessened. I certainly feel more empowered in my own abilities. I don't have the thought process before I start work of, oh my God, I hope spirit turn up. I hope I'm going to be good enough for them um, and that kind of thing because I have done the work. And this is the irony. You will never overcome your nerves until you consistently push through them. And this is something I noticed. So I'm speaking to you now after a month off um, and I had a two month gap from demonstrating and I know when I next demonstrate it's going to be uh, incredibly nerve wracking because I'll have had two months off. It's like when you go away from holiday and you come back and you sit at your computer at work and you think, can I remember how to do any of this? You have to get back into it. So therefore, my nerves will be big again. As a developing medium, if you are practicing, um, if you have a big gap for whatever reason, you are going to feel more nervous. I don't believe that your development will ever drop down I think once you reach a level in your development in your mediumship you stay at that level you don't drop back down if you don't practice however your nerves and your fear and the monologue in your mind telling you that it's been a long time might make you think that you've you've dropped down but that's just your resistance so my belief is my advice is practice often and regularly and that will help you to overcome your nerves it's not going to get rid of them you have to accept they're going to be part of the practice forever but it will help you detach from them and you will get more adept at giving them less energy less attention and focusing on the work that you want to do tied in to uh, nerves is gaps in readings and this is something that often happens so as you will know if you've listened to this podcast for a long time um, I've got a big thing about flow and building a momentum with the spirit and keeping going and going at quite a reasonable pace when you are developing there will be and even when you're not because it still happens to me it's just I've got more control over it now there's moments where you are completely blended with the spirit and it's amazing and then there are moments where uh, you suddenly you're humans there and you have an existential crisis and think I can't do this what the hell am I doing that's part of the energetic experiment of being a medium and that's something you're going to have to learn to weather. But just like meditation where I don't believe there is one state where you're gone and you forget that you're a human being and you're off tripping the light fantastic, it's more like the waves on the sea, it comes and it goes. That's the same with your spirit connection. And so sometimes it might be working and sometimes it might be you. And the best thing that you can do is not berate yourself. Just go, oh, I've come out of my power. Where's that spirit? Of course, they're still there. They've not run away and left me hanging. You don't get ghosted by ghosts. See what I did there? Um, 
I think I'm funny. Um, You don't get ghosted by spirit. They don't step away and leave you hanging. They will always be there. So in those moments, in those gaps where your imposter syndrome and your resistance takes hold, you have to learn to push through that. And I just force myself. And people say, but how? And I just say, I just don't allow myself to stop. And they say, but how? And I say, I just don't allow it. And that seems to leave people dissatisfied. They want some secret magical key. But that is honestly what I do. I do not allow myself to stop. That is that. So if you've got gaps in your readings, know that's normal. I had gaps in my readings. I had more. I have less now. Um, But it is just that process of not judging it, allowing it to happen, allowing it to flow and going back into your power and not allowing your brain to go, well, now that's it, you've ruined it. And that is something you have to practice to get more adept at. Now, alongside gaps where your imposter syndrome can interrupt your flow, so can uh, sitters in practice groups. And I was talking to my students about this the other day because it's easy to want to help. Now, most people, in fact, everybody I've ever met who is drawn to the mediumship path is an empath. Um, I'm sure there are exceptions to that rule, but I haven't met any yet. So everybody who is interested in spirit feels what other people feel as part of their gifts. And so it's a hard thing, isn't it, when you are sat in a Zoom room with somebody who is struggling. But the best gift that you can give somebody is to hold a space of support and love, but not, I'm going to tell you what this means, not, I'm going to do it for you, not, I'm going to interpret it and tell you what it means to me. And that is a really hard space to hold but that is the space that I ask all of my students to hold it's not saying well it could be this or it could be that it is sitting there looking engaging with a smile on your face and letting the medium work through the process remembering again that the need is allowing the medium who is learning to work through their own process not making it easy for them It's a bit like learning to ride a bike. You have to learn to find your balance. You have to wobble a bit so that you can learn to right yourself. You have to uh, skid to a halt so you learn to break in time. You have to learn to overturn your bike so that you don't overturn it. You have to learn to fall off the bike so that you pay more attention to what you're doing. These are the lessons that we, we need to have. And as a sitter in a practice scenario, I'm not talking about when you're paying for a reading, I'm talking about in a practice scenario, your job is to hold a space and let them work it out. So many people get that wrong and think that they're doing a good thing by telling them what it could possibly be. They're not. And within that... Never underestimate the value of getting it wrong because some of my greatest advancements in my mediumship have not been from getting it right. They have been when I am getting it wrong and I'm trying to work out how I've misinterpreted it and hearing from the sitter. So the other day I did a reading for a lovely lady 
And her dad was showing me, well, it's so weird, isn't it, explaining how you receive information from spirit. I was aware on some level of a trickle of water. I thought it was a stream or a river. I knew that I was outside and I knew this water was near me. And as it unfolded and my brain built a picture, my brain built a picture of a bench. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And as I was seeing the bench, I was knowing it was a memorial bench. This could not be taken by my sitter at all. She was saying, no, sorry, no connection to outside. Could it be a lake? And I said, no, I know that there is this movement of water. It's important. It's not still like a lake. It's a trickle. And she said, no. And I said to the spirit, I'm so sorry. I've got in the way of this because spirit are never wrong. It's only ever me that's wrong. And the spirit was a very determined person. And they said, no, no, you haven't. You're nearly there. And they showed me their ashes. And I said to her, well, your dad was cremated, yes? And she said, yes. And I went, well, this is something to do with his ashes. And then she understood it. But look how hard she had to work for this. <laughs> so she um, had her, put my teeth in. After her father had passed, her mother had built a water feature in the garden and that water feature had a trickle of water and obviously was outside. And there was discussion about putting some of his ashes by the water feature because he, he chose the water feature and he didn't get the chance to build it before he passed. Now, I needed to have the sitter, who was an amazing sitter, shout out Mel if you listen to this. I needed her to hold a space for me where I could explore it. And then I got the ashes, which made it all make sense. If she had said, well, it could be this or it could be that or it could be this or it might be this or I feel like it's this. And I had been less in the way that I work, you know, more vulnerable in the way that I work when I like when I was developing, then I might have gone with that and said, oh, yes, it must just be a lake. You understand a connection with a lake. But because um I trust in me and I trust in spirit more now. Um, I was able to 
keep going with it and see the ashes, which then made it all make sense. And Mel was great because she explained to me what it all meant. So now I understand how I misinterpreted that, which is learning for me. And this is the thing with mediumship. The learning never stops. The unfoldment never stops. Your knowing of how you know stuff never never is done. You are always evolving. You are always growing. And you have to allow yourself that. I think we all come at mediumship with this sort of perfectionist syndrome. But isn't it wonderful to be able to attract sitters to you where you can go, oh, is that what it was? Bloody hell. And of course, the bench is a memorial bench. So it's about something in honour of him. And be able to, and now I know that, that when I see a memorial bench, it doesn't necessarily mean a bench. It can mean something in memorial of them. I now know that. So there's so much growth and learning all the time. And as a sitter in a practice group, your job is to allow your partner to go through that process so that they can learn, just like lovely Mel did for me. And I know that I've mentioned this one before, but I'm going to mention it again. You have to get comfy with no's. No's are a natural part of mediumship. No medium gets nothing but yeses. We all misinterpret things. We all get things wrong. And sometimes sitters forget things. That's par for the course. And the only way you get comfortable with no's is having enough no's to get comfortable with them. So the only way that I dealt with the fact that no's are a natural part of it and they no longer knock me off my high horse is I had lots of no's and they did knock me off my high horse. I had so many no's that I felt like I couldn't do it. I had so many no's that it made me doubt my entire path. I had so many no's that they started to lose their power. I started to have so many no's that I started to get determined because I'd got everything else right up until this moment. So surely if I've got yeses for 17 things and now I've got a no, but I know I'm working with that spirit, is it just the words that I've used? Is it that the sit has forgotten something? Is it that I need to address it, share it in a different way and it will suddenly become accessible? Is it really a no? But I had to go through that process to be able to have that process. So in your development, you are supposed to get no's. You are supposed to misinterpret things. You are supposed to get things wrong. It's part of your journey. If you're getting everything right, that is when I would worry. And I say this to my students all the time and they always look at me like they don't really believe me. But it's true. Um, if you are in one of my groups, I would rather you committed to some evidence that was so specific, you got a no, than you gave something woolly and got a yes. So for me as a teacher, I would rather have someone say, I've got dad here in spirit, and the sitter says, no, I haven't got dad in spirit, than have someone that says, I've got a father figure here, or a male energy. Because in the committing... In that vulnerability is where you will start to turn those no's into yeses and that's where great mediumship is. And that is the hard bit. So sometimes you have to weather the no's to get used to the no's so the no's don't pull you out of your power anymore. Wish I could take that lesson away from you. Those of you that have listened to the podcast for a long time will know that when I was practicing and I used to have people over to my house to practice, I had an entire night 
where I got nothing but no's all night long. And I quit mediumship and I threw my toys out of the pram. And yet here we are. But once I'd experienced that, I wasn't afraid of no's anymore because I'd had the worst case scenario and it was painful and it did hurt. But I still came back to mediumship. So get used to getting no's, own those no's, be happy with the no's because it means you're doing something right. Now, at the time of recording this, we have just launched a chat community um, as part of the Mediumship Matters School. And I was hesitant to do it. And there's lots of great stuff about it, but there's been lots of problems as well. And um, yeah, that's beside the point. It's just an interesting space. Now, one of the things that um, the students are struggling with, which is always making me chuckle, is um, oversharing. And the Aaron, my lovely admin, he's put rules on about protecting your address and your home details because you want um, you don't want your private information out there. So he's done it from a sort of keeping your personal information private point of view. I have this rule for a completely different reason, which is we have a chat, we have a community. It's a thriving community. There's lots of people on it, lots of different people to practice with. But at some point, you're going to be sat in front of somebody that you've already worked with. If the first time that you worked with them, you had a massive long chat with them afterwards and you told them your entire potted history of your life or they told you the entire potted history of their life or you followed them on Facebook or all of these kind of things, you are then in a space where you don't know if you know what you know because you're getting it through your mediumistic abilities or if you know what you know because they told you it. And that takes away the joy of getting stuff right for you as a medium, but also for your sitter. So I'm pretty strict on and I always suggest that you never friend request anybody that you work with in a reading capacity because you never know what you've got from uh, social media or what you actually got from spirit or your own knowing. But even on the in the chat rooms and when people are doing uh, extra practice sessions, there's part of me that thinks, oh, because I want them to practice. And you, you've heard me say a million times practice is good. But I know what people are like. They get into a practice room, they do the practice and then they say, oh, I'm thinking of doing a healing course. And the next time you work with them. You pull out a healing card and you think, well, I can't say about the course because they told me they wanted to do the course. And then you are limiting yourself. So although it seems unfriendly, the best way to behave in not just in my forums, but all of them is to not friend request people you work with on courses and not give away extra information additional to what they have perceived and received in the reading that you need to give feedback on never any extras. And people find that really hard, but I think it's really, really important. Another thing that I always want to say is it is hard to prioritise your light work over your life work. That's normal. Um, You have to be a bit selfish. You have to be a bit determined. I've just come in here to record a podcast and walked past and I Honestly, promise you, this is true. A pile of washing that is three weeks old. I don't 
I, I compartmentalise now because I'm so determined to do what I need to do that I will not allow life stuff to get in the way. And that is really, really important for you as well. It's really, really important to remember that. I think people expect spirit to clear a slate for them, to clear a space for them. If spirit want me to do this, they will prove it to me by giving me easy days and well-behaved children and life that isn't so challenging. But where would the growth in that be? If you want to work with spirit, prove it. Step up. Show it. Be determined. Be committed. Prioritise it. People who message me and say things like, um, I, I really want to join a circle, but, um, and, but there's none near me. And then I say, well, have you thought about my school? Come and join my school. My school is very reasonably priced, <laughs> I will say. And then they go, oh, no, I can't afford that. And you think... How much of it are you expecting spirit to do for you? Are you saying, spirit, if you want me to work with you, I I want you to give me five grand to invest on my mediumship journey? Because it has never been like that for me. And I know that law of attraction people would say that I'm doing something wrong. But I just think law of attraction works when you are empowered. And to get yourself empowered, you need to sometimes struggle and you need to learn to prioritise and you need to know that it won't all be done for you. And which isn't law of attraction then, is it? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I really, really feel that um, you have to be determined. You have to step up. You have to show. And that is hard. Now, Another thing that is coming up for people and it's always me that has to do this and I hate doing this, sulking about it, but being triggered. You will be triggered. And your job on a spiritual development journey is not to ignore the trigger. This is not about ascending past your triggers and gaslighting yourself into an aligned state. It doesn't work like that. It's about sitting with what triggers you. If a teacher teaches a lesson and it rises something in you, what is that rising about? What does it mean? Why is it there? Sitting with it. And that is where the majority of your spiritual development is. It is not in the books you read. It is not in the information you channel from spirit. It is not in the cards you pull. It is sitting with your triggers. It is working out why you are triggered. It is working out what story you are telling yourself that has created that trigger. It's working out what emotions you are holding on to, what memories you haven't healed from, what experiences you need to be present with that are causing that trigger. And it's hard. And it's such a funny thing because that you get triggered all the way through. You just get used to being triggered and you get used to dealing with it. So when I was a student, I used to get triggered all the time. And then um, I thought that when I was a teacher, I would that would be the triggers done. But lo and behold, no, a whole new set of triggers, even more triggers. And even as me on the school, as the headmistress, as Aaron has called me on our Discord, 
I am being triggered. I'm having to put boundaries in with people. I don't like putting boundaries in, not just with the students, with the teachers too. I'm having to take things off of the chat rooms because people are not being respectful of me and using it as a place to promote other mediums and stuff like that. I'm having to be really hard and really firm with rules and stuff like that. And I hate doing that. I hate putting in boundaries with people and I know why I have that trigger. I know what that trigger is from, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be erased. I think it's something I might have to live with my whole life. When I put a boundary in, I freak out. When I put a boundary in, I think people aren't going to like me anymore. When I put a boundary in, I think I'm going to lose people and that it's going to cause more drama and more upset. And I have to fight what I know to be right and what I have decided that I want versus my fear that it's going to cause drama or upset people. And I have to sit in that trigger. On the flip side of that, I've got teachers who are being triggered because they're working with other teachers. They are having to put their work out into this space. They want it to be good work. They're feeling their imposter syndrome. So the teachers are going through the same stuff at the same time as students are going through their, um, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this dialogue. So there's triggers in layers everywhere and everybody has to sit with them and be present with them. That is part of the journey. Um, one of the things that's happening with the teachers, which I'm finding really interesting, is this desire to talk about other teachers, like um, not in a horrible way, but recommending. And that is limiting yourself. Like, here's my take on it. Here's my energy. Here's my teaching. But also you could go to this person who I'd class as an expert. Well, what are you then? And working through that. So we're all having triggers all the time. I'm having my triggers. I don't want to put boundaries in. I don't want to put the rules in. Even though it's my school, it's my business, it's my platform. I don't want to be the boss. I want to be friends with everybody. And then you've got the teachers with their own imposter syndrome coming up. It's just a quagmire of triggers. And that is what spiritual development is. It is not floating off on a cloud with the spirit world. It is sitting with the stuff you don't like. Got it? (laughs) So another thing with me is um, understanding that there aren't direct answers to questions. Lots of students are asking me questions like, well, how about this? And how does this work? Was I with spirit or was I psychic then? Was that actually healing? Was that the right thing to say? Did I do this the right way? Am I the... And the thing is, there are no direct answers. And that sometimes is a trigger for people. Um, You only know what you did in that moment and how you did it. I can't do it for you. I can't um, tell you every single aspect of all of it and give you a yes or no answer. We are always working through the level of consciousness that we find ourselves at. And as you know, I've talked about this on the podcast, things that I found to be true two years ago are no longer true to me because I've evolved and changed. So there is only the answer of how you experience it at that moment. There is also the I wish I'd found this earlier dialogue and I think that's important to talk about. I keep thinking about what would have happened if I'd been at the level I am now 10 years ago and how much more time I would have had to do all the things that I want to do and where I want to be and how much more I guess 
I feel that there would be a greater chance of me achieving what I want to achieve if I had an extra 10 years to make it happen. And that's kind of the beauty of the human experience. And we know that. We know that really. But also I think great mediums come from hard life experience. You don't become the inspired speaker, the voice for the spirit world without going through some dark days yourself, without needing to go through a process, needing to be broken down and rebuilt several times so that you can hold that space for other people. So yeah, ideally, you might have found it earlier, but would you have been ready for it then? Would, it, would you be the medium you are today if you had found it earlier? Maybe not. The last thing that frustrates people that I want to talk about, and then I think I'm done, is repeating lessons. We as humans, we don't like it. We want to be like, I've learned this lesson. I know how to do this kind of work. Tick. And part of your job as a spiritually evolving person is to understand that you and your energy and your knowledge and your understanding and your level of consciousness are expanding and growing. You are shifting and rising. And so a lesson that you received at the beginning of your journey, if you revisit it four months later, you will pick up different things from it. If you revisit it a year later, you will pick up different things from it. And so many of us feel when repeating lessons come in that I've done that or I'm being punished for that. Why have I got to sit with this again? And actually your job is to try and find the newness in it and see the different perspective in it and allow it to re-teach you. And we really struggle with that as a human race. I struggle with that too. Um, it's one of the big things I had to learn when I first started working with spirit and I'd be sat in um, the circle I was in and I'd be like, oh, we're doing the find an object from the spirit world exercise again. We've done this 12 times. And I really had to learn to sit with it and be with it and be present in my growth in it and my understanding of it and see the evolution of my messages. And so that's something that we all have to do on the spiritual journey is repeat stuff. Sometimes I listen, well, I listened, if I'm honest, to my own podcasts back on repeat. I listen to audiobooks that are spiritual teaching books again and again and again on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, because there will be something different in them every time. And so when you are going on your journey, don't say to yourself, well, I've already done this, because there is no such thing as ever being done in any aspect of your mediumship or spiritual development. There is always more to learn always more to unfold and that is the joy of it as well as the trigger of it well thank you for listening i hope that this has helped all of you who are on your spiritual development journey and if you've got any questions about any of this or you want to know more about what you need to be doing in in your spirit work in your journey please do drop an email or a voice note um, and ask your question and we would love to hear from you and hear what you've got to say and get involved. Have a great day. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.